Hello and welcome to Tonebenders. I will be your host today. I'm Timothy Muirhead. Please follow the podcast on Twitter via at the Tonebenders. Our guest today is Andrew Sturk. Andrew is a busy re-recording mixer and supervising sound editor. Some of his selected credits include Pompeii, various Resident Evil films, and the recent You Were Never Really Here. Today we're going to talk about A Private War, directed by Matthew Heinemann, which I watched and I was really, really affected by. Welcome, Andrew. Hey, how are you doing, Tim? Yeah, nice to be here. So we're reaching you in Bulgaria today. What are you doing in Bulgaria? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, Bulgaria, in Sofia. Yeah, doing um, Hellboy, mixing that. There's a British crew come over to do the mix. Oh, that's awesome. I'm really looking forward to Hellboy. I can't wait to hear what you guys come up with. But today, let's talk about A Private War. As I mentioned, I saw it. It really affected me. It's a really touching film. Uh, It's about a war correspondent that goes to various different countries throughout the film to cover uh, war-torn situations. And it's directed by Matthew Heinemann, who is a noted documentarian. I believe this is his first scripted project. So what was it like guiding him through that mix? Matt's history is obviously coming from documentaries. So he did um, Cartel Land and City of Ghosts, both of which are amazing films, if you get a chance to watch those. I highly recommend them. Um, And so this was his first narrative feature. Um, And I guess he would take a lot of his influences from... Um, the documentary background. So when we first started talking to Matt, it was, uh, how do you want us to approach the sound? And he said, well, um, the only thing I really care about is authenticity. So throughout the whole thing, it was all about authenticity. That was our driving force for the soundtrack all the way through. So anything that um, didn't feel authentic, um, felt manipulated, he was like a hawk. He would just be on that straight away and say, why can I tell that you're doing something with the sound there? And it would be like, oh, it's because that bit of foley is not quite bedded in properly and, you know, that type of thing. So he was he was right on top of us all, right, all the way through. You'd certainly get the vibe of the realism throughout the film. It's a very gritty film. But there are also moments where realism is kind of thrown out the window, for instance, in the montage scenes. How did you tackle those? To be honest with you, th- throughout the whole process, that was probably one of the areas. Those, I think there are um, three flashbacks throughout the film. And each one you kind of, um, we needed to take Marie's headspace into a sort of a nightmare environment. And each one had to be slightly bigger. So throughout the film, we progressed those as we went through and added more content in terms of the sound and a bit more confusion and made it hopefully a bit more horrific, but without it becoming a huge wall of sound design. So that again, even though it was um, sound design elements, it wasn't ever pure sound design, if you know what I mean, as in it was, um, it was taking real recordings of things and putting them in place in a confusing way that hopefully made it into a, a disturbing melee. So tell me a bit about the sound team. Who are you working with on A Private War? The budget on this film wasn't massive, so we had to kind of streamline as much as possible. Hence, it was a relatively small sound crew. We had a uh, brilliant sound editing team. Linda Forshin did the um, dialogue. She was supervising dialogue editor. The dark art of dialogue editing but taken to an extreme because basically if it didn't absolutely hit the money, Matt was just like, no, you've done something there. What have you done? (laughs) (laughs) She did uh, an incredible job, Linda, and so much respect. It was phenomenal. Um, And then we had sound designers. So we had Paul Davis um, and Bernard O'Reilly, Morgan Muse, who did all the the, the, um, sound effects. So any sound design elements they covered. And what about the mix team? So I mixed everything. It was a one-man mix. Whoa, that's a lot of stuff for one person. Quite a bit of content, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's like anything, you break it down. 
but like when, when you're doing things, you have to break it down into small segments and then build the tree up. So, but it was all pre-mixed and prepared in the UK, pre-mixed at my place. And then we ended up doing it at a place called the Post Republic, which was in Berlin. So that was where the final mix was created. Cool. So I just wanted to talk about a specific moment in the film that I thought worked really, really well. There's a moment in the film where our heroes are running from one building to another in a crazy war zone. There's bombs going off everywhere. A bomb explodes really close to them. All hell breaks loose. There's rubble everywhere. And then you pull the sound completely out. We lose the sound of the battlefield. We lose the sound of distant bombing. We lose ambience. And it comes down to just one character's breathing. That's all you hear. Uh, that's a kind of a really impressive move. What, how did you guys decide to go that direction? Well, I mean, in, in a Private Wars case, it was all about loneliness at that point. And so we needed to capture that in the sound. And the only way was to almost forget that the fact that he was in a war zone. That point in the film is the only point where we did do manipulation, I guess you could call it, which was to, to remove all of the other explosions that up until that point were kind of going away in the background and some were near, some were far, but you knew all along that you were always in a war zone. But at that point, this is no longer about the war zone. This is this is about the loss of life. And so to give that, that sequence as much gravitas as we could, it was almost the quieter we could make it, the better. It's quite a long moment and a long shot. Yeah, with no music at all. The, the whole music thing was never really an issue. It was like, no, we need an absolute moment silence almost. It works really, really well. But the most of the movie isn't actually that silent because it's filled out with walla of the locals of all the various places that the film takes us to. How did you handle the loop group? Because there's many different countries that you had to handle the local dialects of for all these background characters. When I first saw the film, I mentioned to Matt that uh, the loop groups are going to be incredibly important and it's also going to be incredibly difficult. And there were lots of different locations. I mean, we had people from um, Sri Lanka, Iraq, Afghanistan, Libya, Syria. In Sri Lanka, there were two separate dialects. There was the uh, the Tamil Tigers spoke with one, and then the government forces spoke Sinhalese within the same country. They also spoke slightly different dialects. And so when we were casting, Linda had a job to make sure that these were absolutely authentic people who spoke with the correct accents from each of these areas. And in fact, what happened is, during the crowd recording, we recorded the sessions we got them all translated, so every single bit of uh, crowd that was recorded um, could be um, had an English translation. So we grouped them within Pro Tools and said, "Okay, what's been spoken here is this, 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 this." And then that meant that when we were positioning it in the mix, we could say, "Okay, that person is um, speaking this language and he is saying that, and that fits exactly with what's going on there in the background." And so it was very, very specific. It's something that was essential because I guess uh, Marie's interest was always with people. So it was how people dealt with uh, various war zones. And so the background people were actually pretty important aspects of her entire drive through her career. But they had to also be correct. So anyone who's from that area who speaks with that dialect, who might hear, you know, something in the background, particularly ear, for example, then they know, oh, yes, that's that was that person from that time in that area. Well, as I mentioned, there's tons of background voices. There's tons of bombs going off. But I think the motif that repeats most is probably smoking. How many lighters and <laughs> cigarette inhales did you guys have to cut for this film? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was funny. So uh, most of those were Foley. 
and they had a separate um, cigarette track. It was just like, okay, let's do one pass of cigarettes. And so it was like spark, draw, draw, you know, relight, draw. So, yeah, that was, uh, that was a big, big number. When, when I was mixing it, I thought, well, you know, we need to kind of vary these up a little bit. So each one has its own individual bit of EQ on and, you know, treated completely separately. So hopefully it felt real. That was the aim. Well, Maureen was an addict, really. She was um, addicted to her job because of the, the buzz and the quest it gave her. She was also, um, you know, liked a good drink. Um, and she was a chain smoker. So everything she did, she did with, you know, professionalism. <laughs> <laughs> I I really enjoyed the movie. Well, maybe enjoyed isn't the right word. I was really affected by this movie. It really made me uh, worry about mankind as a whole, as I think I mentioned earlier. It's uh, something that I think everyone should make sure they get a chance to see because it's a part of our history that uh, I think we like to bury down deep and not think about too much. So thank you very much for making this film come to life and making it feel so real while we were watching it. Hopefully we'll talk soon. Oh, great. Thanks, Timothy. So that was Andrew Sterk talking about the movie A Private War, which again is something I really think everybody should find a way to seek out. It's uh, not what you would call a fun movie, but I think it's a really worthwhile movie. This episode is a little shorter than we normally have episodes, and the reason is we had a lot of technical difficulties getting a good connection between Andrew in Bulgaria and myself here in North America. We just couldn't understand each other at times, and the questions and answers weren't uh, coming across clear. So we had to kind of call it quits a bit early, but I think the uh, part that we did get was really interesting, so I wanted to make sure that you guys got to hear it. I want to thank Andrew again for taking the time uh, due to time zone differences and such. He had just had a really long day, as he mentioned, working, mixing Hellboy. So uh, thank you very much, Andrew, for taking the time to talk to us. Okay, stay tuned. we got some more great episodes coming up. See you soon. Thanks for listening to Tone Feathers. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. If you listen on iTunes or Stitcher, please write us a review while you're there. To support the show, go to ToneVendorsPodcast.com and click through our Amazon link or leave us a tip. You can also download and listen to our entire show archive there and leave a comment on our site or on SoundCloud. Keep up to date by following at the Tone Vendors on Twitter or find Tone Vendors Podcast on Facebook and YouTube. Email us with your questions and ideas at info at ToneVendorsPodcast.com.